unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And they took me to the hospital. And that's where I found out I had fractured my right knee and broken my left. And I spent two months in a wheelchair. And about four to five months in crutches. Took me out of track. Took me out of wrestling. And I just was so afraid because these kids were kids I went to school with. Yeah. And I was just... So I just kept my mouth shut. everyone welcome to Saints Unscripted yet again and today we have Leaf with us we're going to be hearing about his conversion story which I hear is quite the interesting unique conversion story right that's absolutely true it will definitely be a unique story great well we can't wait to hear it um where do we start I think it's best if we start at the beginning. A very good Let's place to it. start. When you sing, you begin with do, re, mi. <laughs> so, history about me. Uh, I actually grew up between Provo and Spanish Fork. Okay. And I grew up Catholic. My mother's side of the family was very strict Catholic, which I have a very deep love and fondness for. I really appreciate my upbringing because... You know, it was very respectful. Uh, my father's side, though, was Church of Christ, but it was more the Church of Football on Sundays. <laughs> what are we watching? Channel 7. Honey, are you shooting with some? And <laughs> he was a much more casual observer of the sacrament. <laughs> and, yeah, so I grew up in downtown Provo as a Catholic. And to be honest, I grew up, I had, it's weird to say this, I hated the church. We get that sometimes. Yeah, it's true. But probably not for the usual reasons. I wasn't taught to hate the church. Ah, okay. In fact, um, to my parents' respect, they never actually talked down about the church that much. You just learned to hate it on your own. I was brutally and horrendously bullied growing up for not being a member. Hmm. And it was obviously told to me on many occasions and it was so bad I ended up changing schools on multiple occasions uh, when I was eight years old my parents divorced and they later remarried and I would switch between my parents depending on how bad the bullying would get at certain schools mm-hmm. and to give you an idea of how bad it got um, there was one incident one of many unfortunately that stands out So my stepmother was a member of the LDS church. So my dad married into the church. Um, He never really, he sort of joined, but never really joined. I think he joined for her. Um, But he kind of went back to his own ways. Um, But my stepmother, when she saw that I was being bullied, she thought it might be a good idea when I got a little bit older to, you know, introduce me to other kids my age, make some friends. And when I was 12, we were living in Spanish Fork and she took me to a young men's basketball game to, uh, at the local church. So I was going to go there, play basketball, because I was 12. Of course I love basketball, you know? And I was like, okay, that's fine, you know? So I go, we go to this church. She was going to drop me off. It was about two miles away from my house. And she was going to come back and pick me up in two hours. I went, great. 
And I go, she drops me off, and we're playing basketball, and everything's going fine. You know, great kids. And they'd, of course, you know, as per usual, they'd want to start the meeting with a prayer. And, of course, I'm still, you know, very much raised Catholic at this point, and I didn't want to offend anyone. So I kind of, I graciously kind of stepped back a little bit, let them do their prayer, and I just, you know, <laughs> did my thing, did my own silent prayer, and I thought we were just going to jump back into it. Uh, but as we were beginning, the young men's group leader uh, came up to me and pulled me aside. He was like, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? I'm like, well, told him my name, and I was like, I'm here to play basketball. He's like, he's like what word are you in? I'm like, oh, I'm not in a word. I'm in a parish. He's like, you're not a member? No. He's like, oh, this is for members only. You need to leave. Oh, wow. Fact, the first he said to me is, and I told him, I'm like, well, I live like two miles from here. I was dropped off. I don't have a ride for two hours. He's like, I'm sorry. You're not welcome. You need to go. What? And he made me leave. I started walking home. And I was like, fine. You don't want me? I'll leave. Oh, my oh, gosh. And so I started walking home. And, of course, I was angry and upset. You know, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, I was back then walking two miles was nothing. And, and I made it about halfway home. When all of a sudden, this red pickup truck pulls up right next to me and slams on the brakes right behind me. And of course, it's like loud enough to write. <laughs> and I look back, and the back of the truck is filled with all these kids who start jumping out of the truck. And I hear the words, there he is. Get him. No. What? And they started chasing me. And of course, natural instincts kick in, and I just start booking it. I run. I made it about two blocks before they caught me. Oh, and gosh. They proceeded to throw me to the ground, beat me up, and then they, sorry, part's a little emotional. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, they held me up against the chain link fence by my arms. And one of them brought out a baseball bat. No way. And they broke my left kneecap. Oh my goodness. They hit just above my right kneecap, fractured it, and they hit me across the ribs dislocated two and like bruised five of my ribs and then they dropped me got back ran down got back in the truck ran away left me there what <laughs> and as i was trying to get back up luckily a few minutes later a woman drove by saw me struggling Offered, she saw that something was wrong. She offered to give me a ride. So naturally, I was like, of course, yeah. Like, you know, and I, as she was driving me to my house, I told her kind of what happened, just that I'd gotten beat up. Didn't go into too many details, but, you know, and she asked me what happened. And I told her, well, you know, and here's the thing is I recognized the kids from the basketball game I had just left. Oh my gosh. And so as I told this, we pulled up into my house. She actually got on her phone. And she made some calls, and she got a hold of the young men's group leader. And I listened to the phone call. And I listened to him say that none of his kids ever left the church. That he vouched for, would vouch for them, that they never left, and that I was mistaken. But I knew who they were. I knew some of them from school. I went to school with these kids. Some of them were a bit older, but... And so I just... I didn't even know what to say. I just got scared. And so... I went, you know, I, I managed to make it inside the house. She left. My parents came home. And by the time my parents had got home, I was so scared that I lied to my parents about what happened. 
I told them I wrecked my bike. And they took me to the hospital. And that's where I found out I had fractured my right knee and broken my left. And I spent two months in a wheelchair. And about four to five months in crutches. Took me out of track. Took me out of wrestling. And I just was so afraid because these kids were kids I went to school with. Yeah. And I was just... So I just kept my mouth shut. And this wasn't the first issue. I mean, I wasn't just bullied by kids. I'd been bullied by teachers, parents. And I just kind of got used to it. And so I didn't really have a lot of strong feelings, especially after that for the church. It's just, you know, <laughs> I can understand that's, that. that's somewhat <laughs> understandable. But um, what was interesting is that later on in high school, when I was 17, one of the kids from that group came up to me out of the blue and apologized and how told me he just how badly he felt that it happened and that was the young men's group leader who had put them up to it who had told them to do it well that's messed i'm glad he apologized yeah that, that okay. is a messed up young men's group leader and you know i thanked him and yeah and I, again i was just like well that's just what it is you know i was yeah, and of course, you know, also not being a member of the church, and I kind of even walked away from being Catholic for a while. That was you know, my own other spiritual journey because I was just done. And, you know, I just dating <laughs> in Utah when you're not a member doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, you know, it was funny because like I would go out with someone, I would invite someone to a school dance, and I would be at their house meeting their parents. And their parents would ask me, like, what church I go to. And I had parents cancel dates on me right there and send me home. Oh, my gosh. And told me that their child was not, al that their child was not allowed to go even on group dates with people who were non-members. That bothers so, me so much. Yeah, that I, is so wrong. I have a lot of school dance pictures of me sitting alone. Oh, I can't <laughs> take this. This is so Oh my rough. gosh. And you know, it's you know, the that movie, The Never Ending Story, where the kids are, you know, chasing him down the street and he's hiding in a trash can. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I've heard it referenced in oh, Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie, the kid is being bullied and he's hiding in trash cans. And that was me. I would actually hide after school under cars in the part in the teacher's parking lot until the kids kids would follow me home what the heck i i'm not a violent person but i'm about ready to <laughs> right go find these grown adults now and so and i you know i use the reference of the never ending story because this lasted all the way into the early years of high school in fact in high school, I was being thrown into a wall locker by two guys who, you know, just was par for the course. And this actually, but instead of a luck dragon, um, I had a Bruce. A, a what? So, Wait, what's a luck dragon? Watch the never-ending story. Dang it, I'm like, okay. That's why I didn't know what you meant. I'm so, I'm, 
I'm pretty good at movie references, but this is one that I... neither of you have seen Neverending Story. No. What the heck, you people? Yeah, this is this is totally Falcor, Luck Dragon, Giant Wolf Dog Dragon. Yeah, okay, I can I can yeah. visualize Giant Wolf Dog Dragon. Yeah. So what it was though, my this guy, his name was Bruce. Um, he was. I didn't know him. I'd seen him around school, but he was this very large, kind of half Tongan guy who hung out in what they called the drama hall of Spanish Fork. And all of a sudden, I heard someone yell, Hey, from down the hallway. And I see this very large man start running towards the two guys, and they booked it. And he just looked down at me, the biggest grin he could give me, held out his hand, and said, Come with me. Helped me out, and he took me down to the drama hall. And I was back then. I dressed very much like nice, kind of straight edge kind of kid. You know, nice, you know, dress clothes, a little dorky. You know, I was a very small kid growing up. You know, my nickname back then even was Sticks. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and just because of how skinny I was, I was about 115 pounds in high school, and so I was not a big person. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yes, it is still my life. <laughs> still sharply dressed, though. Yeah, right. There you go. And he introduced me to this group of people who there were goths and punks and just this skaters, and they were the nicest people you would ever imagine. Welcomed me in with open arms, invited me in, and showed me this whole world of like just love and affection. You know, and they were from all ranges of religions and backgrounds and cultures. And I was just fascinated by this different culture I was introduced to. And oddly enough, the Gothic crowd was, uh, you know, kind of a highlight for me because they introduced me to the place called Hot Topic. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> My parents a little while to get used to. And I... One day I showed up to school in a full trench coat, fishnet, eyeliner, black lipstick, chains. Oh, yeah. And the reaction I got walking down the hallway went from just one of abuse that I was used to to it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. Nobody would even come close to me. Okay. I once accidentally bumped into somebody else that was my fault and they apologized. (laughs) It was a very different perspective for me. And I was like... (laughs) I guess it's true it's better to be feared than loved (laughs) no it's not true (laughs) but it just at the time I just kind of was doing my own thing for a while Um, in fact I was a really good student Uh, so I learned in high school that if you're not a member of the church and you don't take seminary the school system was designed where if you take another class you graduate a year early Uh okay so I was taking college courses my whole junior year. I showed up for my senior year, and I was there for about a week. And they sent a counselor to my classroom and told me, go home. Like, you graduate. Here you go. You've got all your credits. You don't have to be here anymore. Nice. And I was like, one week senior year. Heck yeah. <laughs> like, That's how to do it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So I, I actually moved out when I was 17 and got in my own apartment. I was working full time and just taking college courses. And this is still in Provo area? Uh, I moved to the Provo area from Spanish Fork. Okay. So this most of this happened in the Spanish Fork school. Okay. 
And then I moved to the Provo area what's where and I started going to the school college and back then UVSC and now UVU. Okay. So it dates me back a little ways. <laughs> it sounds like the era of being bullied is kind of wrapping up for you at this point as you're kind of exploring your identity and people are <laughs> becoming a little afraid of you. <laughs> they don't want to bully you anymore. Um, how did you, I mean, that one guy apologized. I'm guessing the other ones didn't. What did you do with that trauma? So I tried my best just to box it up and put it behind me. I always was trying to look forward and just I began my own kind of journey. It's just my spiritual journey of looking for truth. I did still believe that, you know, there was a Heavenly Father. I still believed in God. You know, I just didn't know where that belief was. And so I just began searching for anything that would feel true to me. Because I didn't, when I was younger, I, I remembered praying. But I always felt like I was talking at God or mm. leaving God a voicemail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I never felt like I was having a conversation. And I eventually had that conversation. That's that's a that's a good cliffhanger, <laughs> right there. Can we leave it? Can we can we end it there? Okay, because this is this is part one. We're gonna have at least a part two, maybe a part three of this story, um, and we're just getting into your spiritual journey. We we've got kind of the prelude. We've got your background. We're really looking forward to what happens next. Did you have any last words for this segment? Just that, yeah. Something can be true even if the people aren't. And that's a very important lesson. And also maybe some foreshadowing. There you go. Find out in segment <laughs> two. Don't touch that dial. Same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.